Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hold No Heroes. Uh, today we have a special guest, uh, Manfred DeVox, a former classmate of mine. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say any more than that. We could just Manfred. keep it there. And a nice well, uh, little aura of mystery. Because yeah. you've, we, we, you've, you've had classes in many, many places. Yes, I have. And so have I. Should I? Yeah, we, we get around. <laughs> we so get around. Speak. Yeah, we're, we're, we're learned men, men of books. Many books. Many books. My, my wife many. always looks at my shelves and says, you need more shelves because there are books stacked on top of the top of the bookshelves. <laughs> it's a it's a painful process. <laughs> it's a shelf in its own right. The mm-hmm. top. Yeah. I, I actually just bought a bookshelf and I set it up and I've been migrating all my books over to it. And um, a lot of them are from our old uh, theology days. Mm. And so uh, there's been a lot of them. You know, you kind of kind of got to ask yourself, like, am I ever going to read this again? And um, I might not. Um, Is but... this something I'm proud of having on my shelf? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's. Do I want to remember the horror of what I once was? Well, well, I finally threw away my Hebrew flashcards because uh, mm. I'm about as rusty as one can get. Like, I might as well have never taken Hebrew. Uh, that's like where I'm at with regards to ancient Hebrew. So, uh, <laughs> so, you know, just enough to basically like point at somebody's tattoo is like, oh, yeah, that's Hebrew. And they're like, oh, you, uh, did I ever tell you this? Uh, a former classmate of ours um, years after uh, our, our, our days um, at school. We, uh, they, this person had a, uh, tattoo on their wrist, uh, in Hebrew. And I'm just like, oh, Hachma. And she's just like, yeah, it says wisdom. Uh, and she's like, it means wisdom. I'm like, I know I took Hebrew. I just read it out loud to you. And she's just, and then she's quickly covered up and she's like, please don't tell me if it's wrong. <laughs> I couldn't live with it if it was wrong. Like, you know, those people who get like Chinese characters on their oh, arm and it's just, like, goodness. it actually means like duck instead of dragon or something oh no yeah that's definitely one you want to check before you get that sucker inked in i tell you yeah yeah Yeah. double check somebody's work yeah (laughs) make sure it's the right declension and oh yeah i don't believe it even had um the uh the vowel markings i I believe it was uh uh true hebrew uh no vowels so hebrew uh, no vowel hebrew yeah but do they have the full medical records for that hebrew (laughs) <laughs> well <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you for uh, uh bringing us back uh the reason manfred i uh, wanted to have you on was to talk about um both of us have had our uh different paths and we've ended up in uh relatively similar places politically speaking um what with your uh bernie sanders reference right now because <laughs> uh, <laughs> today's discourse is uh, where are the medical records um, he released them three months ago and he's released more than most of the other uh, candidates have or uh, equal to but you know that's what today's discourse is but the reason why I wanted to have you on was to talk about um, specifically where we come from and how we got to where we are now so I uh, I think I said on episode one, uh, I describe myself as a leftist. I don't know enough theory to necessarily go beyond that. I 
you know, I'm learning as I'm going. Uh, The point of the podcast has always been to be, uh, hey, this is dumb, but um, let's talk about some serious things without necessarily a, uh, I don't know, uh, an intro guide to theory. Hmm. But um, uh, that's how, yeah. So I, I would consider myself a leftist. What would you consider yourself politically speaking? I think uh, progressive would probably be the uh, label I would probably wear most comfortably. Yeah, progr- progressive is a is a good one. I feel like um, progressive and leftist. Like I'm, I you know I constantly ask you uh, for the the right lingo because <laughs> I'm always trying to like suss out the lingo. I'm like newer to the. I find myself like newer to like diving into the the modern political conversations than maybe you are. Um, yeah. And so, like, I'm like, I feel like I'm trying to catch up. Um, I feel like I've been moving towards like what we would call progressive or leftist, at least in mm-hmm. sort of America's standards, because <laughs> uh, yeah. the Overton window is way to the right. Um, I feel like I've been moving towards those for for a while now, um, but really haven't had like a, a title for it. And I think, I think, yeah, when I've seen like progressive Christian, uh, progressive or like leftist Christian, I feel like that probably is the closest to something I would identify with Mm -hmm. uh, politically. Yeah. In that, in that regards. And I think that means a whole lot of things. Yes. And uh, that, yeah, that's why I I tend to try to keep as vague. I mean, the, so uh, the, we both had a very similar starting point when Mm -hmm. we met and um, then we both took completely different routes. Mm -hmm. I uh, went more into, um, secular uh academics whereas you continued your path into um theology theological training baby yeah yeah uh and uh can can we say what your profession is sure yeah i'm a pastor yeah in a um, conservative uh church body yeah so which is uh, an interesting place to be yeah, it, it's it's fun reading. Uh, I, I like to refer to uh, messages from you as um, uh, uh, missives from the front lines. <laughs> uh, anytime I, I get a message from you, it's just like, um, hey, so this is what's going on uh, in my parish. I'm like, oh, that is tricky. That is tricky because, you know, um, well, we, so we both. I uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on uh, my podcast, but I originally wanted to be a pastor as well. Uh, I went to school to uh, begin that journey, and then about near the beginning, let's say uh, halfway, halfway through that journey, I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to anymore, um, for a myriad of reasons. The the, the biggest ones were the, the the two biggest ones were I did not think I would be good at it. I didn't think I'd be uh, like, how, how can I in any sane world consider myself a leader in the faith mm. um, and be it uh, allowed <laughs> or expected to instruct others in the faith when I have just so many questions myself. Mm. Uh, but the biggest reason was um, I wanted the ability to kind of speak for myself and mm-hmm. something about wearing the collar and having mm-hmm. the degree is like, uh, oh, I'm a representative of this organization. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it, it's 
that that's just something I do in general anyways, regardless of, but organizations I, I uh, want to support, but I never necessarily want to consider myself a member of because um, mm-hmm. organizations are big and they move slowly and there's lots mm-hmm. of members of them. And mm-hmm. You know, not all of them uh, represent us fantastically. Well, so and, those, uh, yeah, yeah. your you know, like your your podcast, it's titled uh, "Hold No Heroes," right? Mm-hmm. And kind of when you when you sign the dotted line, in in a sense, um, you're you're signing up for all the good, but it also comes with uh, then sitting with the bad. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, that's <sighs> in public. I have to be uh, quite careful sort of with what I say. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I found that to actually be a big struggle. Um, and I've shared that really? with you. Um, so how like there are there are things I can challenge openly uh, and mm-hmm. then there are things I just kind of have to ask questions about, invite people to think more. Um, it's an interesting, uh, interesting struggle. I don't think when we were in school together that I was thinking about like all of that like philosophical belonging to thing. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's only hit me like as I've been in the work. It's actually one of the things that um, makes me wonder how long I'm going to be doing this line of work. Honestly, um, uh, I've I've been uh, as you know I've been active you know in the community here uh, where I live and um, been trying to work uh, doing a lot of trying to do grassroots kind of justice work, um, working with. Um, you know, people who are, who are pretty materially poor, uh, working, Mm -hmm. you know, for, uh, right now we're working in sort of a representative democracy stuff. We're working on, um, educating and uh, getting people connected into the census and into voter Mm -hmm. registration and into voter education. I'm trying to do Mm -hmm. that from a nonpartisan point of view, but again, trying to just get people involved. Um, I think all the polls tell us when people get more people get involved, uh, what side uh, gains votes, uh, especially when you're doing it with those who are poor and disenfranchised. Yeah. Um, doing a lot of work with community orgs, trying to figure out how we're going to plug holes uh, now that all the bullshit uh, snap and tant yeah. regulations are coming down the pipeline. Uh, looks mm-hmm. like about April, it's going to get bad. Um, and I know, I mean, I know so many families in my community where like that's how they put food on the table. Um, you know, our, our community, um, decided to do free breakfasts and lunches for every student, um, in the district because it was cheaper to do that than to do all the bureaucracy of figuring out who qualifies and who doesn't. That's like the level of poverty. Universal programs, universal programs, man. Imagine that. Um, and it's, and, and of course, interestingly, it's a really, um, red area, um, we happen to be a battleground state, but we're a really, really red area of one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting watching people wrestle with and, and vote sort of against their community's best interests and really against their own best interests. And it's just tough to watch. Um, but trying to I be can there imagine. And, um, trying to give a voice that I think people generally assume like when there's a religious voice in the room that it's a conservative one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think sometimes they're surprised that instead of screaming about abortion, um, <laughs> we're sitting around and talking about poverty and we're talking about franchising, enfranchising. What's the opposite of disenfranchising? Franchising? Enfranchising. <laughs> Enfranchising. Yeah. <laughs> Getting people to vote, you know? Yeah. Um, and we care about that. 
Um, and we care about people doing the census, um, mm-hmm. you know, because that, that determines so much of where, uh, federal and state funds go towards and counting. Yeah. Um, and so we want to make sure everyone's count anywho. So just kind of all that, just standing in the middle of all that. I, I, I don't envy you, but I am so thankful you're there. Honestly. Uh, you know, the, I saw, well, let me, let me backtrack to, uh, the, the the thing I wanted to necessarily uh, frame this conversation around was that um, we started from similar points and we went different ways and then we ended up in similar points as well. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, uh, for as many doubts as I have these days, I still consider myself a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, when we were in school, uh, a pastime of mine, something I was very hungry for was apologetics, the defense of the faith. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I was desperate not only to prove uh, the faith correct to other people, but I was trying to prove it to myself. And so mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that stuff is stuck with me. Um, but, you know, I know mileage will vary. So mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of this stuff is there. And so I still consider myself a Christian, even though I, at the end of the day, just have to say, like, I don't know for sure. I, yeah. It's faith. It's faith. Um, so, uh, you know. I mirror that, by the way, as a pastor, yeah. which feels really strange. To get up and it's like, honest. Yeah. But like I, get up and like proclaim it and, but then say, man, I have doubt. And I admit that I admit that often. And I actually have some people who say, man, I wish you wouldn't like tell us that <laughs> as much. And I'm like, no, but I want to be real with you. Like this stuff doesn't like, I struggle with this. Like this doesn't make sense to me. Like mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. it's true and I believe we have to live based on it. Um, but shit, like, <laughs> yeah, I know how much I've gotten wrong other times. I know how much I've changed other times. Like, I'm my, my viewpoint is so thin and I pray a lot of that prayer in, uh, I think it's in Luke. Um, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. Yes. Uh Yeah. That that was always one that stuck with me. Yeah, for sure. Well, like, uh, you know, uh, when it, with regards to apologetics, one of the things that I always, uh, enjoyed (laughs) was, uh, Pascal's wager, uh, you know, Pascal was always a favorite philosopher of mine. And so they, the, his wager was fun. It was a, a fun little philosophy for me, which was like, all right, so what do I have to gain from belief? Well, um, if it's true, nothing. If it's, uh, I mean, if it's true, I go yeah. to heaven. If it isn't, I don't. And if I don't believe, if it's true, then nothing happens. But if it, uh, if it then, uh, Damnation. Although I'm a universalist, I'll go ahead. I, I don't think I've said that on the podcast, but I believe in the empty hell. Um, if if Christianity is true, I be, I believe personally that um, you know uh, uh, the sacrifice that the incarnation that Jesus Christ made is uh, uh, applies to all people and all sins. Um, and if he didn't, then I got nothing to worry about, I suppose. So, <laughs> like that's 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 Doom's uh, wager. That's kind of where I'm at. And, and yeah, Man- Manfred would consider himself a uh, a <clears throat> I believe the phrase would be a hopeful universalist. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just the idea of like so in my I believe like a really important cornerstone of my theology is is the um, you know Jesus came to win salvation, cross and resurrection. Uh, and then in his second coming, um, he's going to complete that salvation. Uh, I, yeah. Passage in Hebrews that, that speaks this way. And in other places about, you know, there's a completion of salvation coming in. And in that completion, it's, it's setting right all the wrongs. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so that's undoing the effects of evil and sin and brokenness and death. Um, and, and, and so if one of those, one of the effects of those uh, forces in the world uh, is not only like, like sin, like, oh man, you know, someone, you know, murdered somebody, uh, but also like, we'd say the separation from, from God himself. So unbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, if yeah, I believe that, God is that's... going to undo this and going to fix this somehow, because in our theology, Mr. Doom, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, you know, we, we've often said like people, you know, we don't start as sort of this, this tabula rasa, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're, we're born sort of, uh, original sin. Yeah. We're, we're born sort of infected, um, you know, and we're, we're in a world with forces that, Oh, that cause brokenness on every level from the personal relational. And this is where I depart with some of my brethren and sisterin, uh, <laughs> you know, to all the way to the systemic. Um, we would expect that there's, um, you know, mass, uh, inequality and injustice, uh, in yep. the world. Um, and, and so if, if, you know, sort of that unbelief as it were is a result of that brokenness. And if Jesus is coming back to undo that brokenness to, as he says, uh, make all things new, Mm -hmm. I, I, I certainly hope what that means is, is, is even greater than sort of modern Christianity posits, you know, this, okay, Jesus will take his with him and, and everyone else gets blasted. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing I always, you know, uh, this hope, right, that that he's going to even surprise us is going to be even better than we. Oh, that, that that's always been the thing that's always uh, that was always my hardest part. Uh, you know, we we read a lot of theologians in our school days um, where they 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 struggled so hard with the the problem of evil, the idea that evil exists in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's funny because I actually never. um had a problem with that on a philosophical level because mm. it was just like, oh yeah, free will. We <laughs> we have the right to choose evil, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we do because evil um, is self gratifying. It is um, choosing ourselves and our selfish uh, desires over the well being of others, perhaps. But um, for me, the the problem has always been eternal damnation. That's been the problem yeah. for my theology. I'm just like, yeah. you know, what loving God um, yeah. would damn anyone uh that he calls children especially if he's uh, died to pay for them yeah I mean, it just, exactly yeah it just is yeah i man and i think you know it, there's an easy move for for christians to make um you know to passages about about hell the mm-hmm. the, the the bitch of it is though <laughs> is that there's <sighs> greek and hebrew are sort of sticky on the verbiage um, yep. and, and it's, it's hard sometimes to tell whether it's talking about the place of the dead, uh, which is often translated into like Hades, um, right into English, um, or mm-hmm. like the place of like the burning trash outside of Jerusalem, you know, mm-hmm. and so is Jesus, what, what kind of metaphor is he trying to draw there? Or is it, you know, just an, is it into the, 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 the grave or is it into this place of eternal torment? And, and a lot of people drive right towards like Jesus talking you know, rich man and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And, and the point of rich man and Lazarus isn't to describe the afterlife. You know, Jesus isn't saying, oh, right, there's this actual chasm that you can see across and you can see the people on the other side. He's talking about, interestingly enough, um, <laughs> how difficult it is for, for rich <laughs> and well-off people uh, <laughs> to actually be 
faithful. I'm I'm really glad you brought that parable up because that that parable um, as a universalist, and I've been a universalist basically since we uh, were in school together. I've just you died it. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit more comfortable saying as such, but I'd have yeah. these theological conversations with people. Yeah. And Rich Man and the Lazarus were uh, constantly thrown in my face. Absolutely. As like, it it can't be that because here's an example. For those uh, listeners who uh, did not go to school for theology. Um, Which hopefully uh, is most of you because. Yeah, <laughs> because. Uh, it's no, it was a bad exa- choice. <laughs> it's, it's not exactly great in the uh, job market, let me tell you. <laughs> but um, even if you do get a job in that market. Let me tell you. Yeah, uh, yeah. we all Creflo dollar. <laughs> but um, the uh, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, and correct me if I get anything wrong. I'm going to go nail off it. Of memory here. Slam it. Don't worry about it. Um, it was a parable uh, that Jesus told of a um, rich man and a uh, poor man, uh, a beggar, I believe, that mm-hmm. lived outside. Uh, the rich man's uh, property. The dogs and, licked his sores. Yeah, he he was a, a, a wretch, uh, a wretch like me. Um, and it was, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, both of them passed uh, within the same time period, mm-hmm. and uh, the rich man was sentenced to uh, damnation, whereas he could see on the other side that uh, Lazarus was. Uh, being welcomed into heaven and uh, or into salvation. And the rich man said, uh, wait, what, what did I do wrong? Uh, what, uh, and uh, God, I guess, or the narrator is Abraham. Is, is Abraham. Abraham. Abraham was sort of the father. Abraham is sort of the stand in as it were for God in this. Mm-hmm. And, and he says like, you know, uh, you, you lived a sinful life. You did not believe in me. You, you, you did, bad things. You didn't help out Lazarus. You didn't do what you needed to do on earth. And so you go to the pit. Um, don't quote me, <laughs> but um, <laughs> then uh, the, the thing that always gets me, um, the important part is that the rich man then uh, petitions Abraham. Uh, let me go back and warn my brothers to not make the same mistakes I did, mm-hmm. to which Abraham says, uh, if Moses and the prophets were not enough to convince you, what makes you think that you coming back from the dead to warn them would be enough for them? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was always given to me as you can't um, – universalism doesn't fit within scripture because of this parable, even though a parable is supposed to be a story that imparts a lesson, not necessarily is – um, the uh, cosmology of the world. That doesn't necessarily mean it works like that. But um, something a, a teacher of ours uh, taught us, and the thing I always uh, like to impart is that he he taught us that with regards to the parables, you know, there's a lots of different ways to uh, translate them. And so, you know, mileage will vary. But what uh, he recommended is overlay the story of the incarnation of Jesus Christ over the parable, see what matches up and see what necessarily the lesson is supposed to be here. Mm. And an interesting thing happens when you overlay the story of Jesus over that story is that Jesus's resurrection Mm -hmm. was exactly proof that Moses and the prophets were not enough. Yeah. Well, so it it gets gets even better. So, um, (laughs) 
so like two things stand out to me as we were talking. Yeah, I just I decided to look it up. Um, look mm-hmm. up parables in Luke sixteen. If Thank you. Wants to Thank Luke you for doing the due diligence that, that yeah, I would yeah, not. Yeah, no worries, man. Um, so you 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 pretty much nailed it. Um, but at the end, right? So Abraham tells Lazarus, you know, no, you know, um, your five brothers they have uh, Moses. Oh, and the, the rich prophets. man. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the rich yeah. man. Yep, yep, yep. The rich man says, "Hey, Abraham, please, like, you know, se- you know, uh, you, you gotta, you, you gotta send me. They already have." But but then Abraham says, "Hey, they already got Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them." Uh, and then the rich man says back, um, "This is great. No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will <laughs> repent." And so mm. that's exactly what you're talking about, right? Like you're laying over. Mm. So this is Jesus telling this. Uh, and we would believe, you know, he he's actually ending up talking about himself using this parable, right? That he's yeah. going to come back from the dead. Uh, and then Abraham responds to the rich man. He said to him, uh, if they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. And that's actually, I think, really the point of that, you know, parable. It's set in this context, really, of racial inequality or racial uh, economic <laughs> inequality. Mm-hmm. Um, and And that's because back then. Um, as I think is actually pretty common in America nowadays, um, people saw the rich as the blessed by God. Um, this is very Your, much uh, prosperity gospel. Yes, this is like Paula White, right? Um, mm-hmm. The president uh, Osteen and Joel Osteen. Yeah, but you know, Paula White's great because she, you know, she's the president's um, you know personal pastor. Oh right? yeah, that's yeah, right. Like his entire personal pastor cabinet. Um, or at least the majority of them are prosperity gospel. This is what they believe that rich people have been blessed by God. And you know that God has favor on them and the things they do and the things they say, because they have all this money and they have all this wealth and they have all these possessions. Whereas Mm -hmm. poor people, you know, they're like scum because they don't have anything. And this was very much the attitude of the religious leaders of the day, um, back with, back in Jesus time. So this rich man, you know, so Jesus is telling this parable, like he's explaining, like, you know, this rich man who, who the religious leaders will think is blessed, he's going to, to well, I'll get back to that in a second. He's going <laughs> on the opposite side of the chasm from Abraham. Um, whereas mm-hmm. the poor man, the one that you think is completely unfaithful and he's a terrible human and he probably should just pulled himself up by his own bootstraps and been faithful and get, gotten yeah. blessings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he goes up to hang out at Abraham's side. He goes up to heaven. Um, and sort of Jesus noticed which side Jesus aligns himself with. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, you know, the ultimate, I think the ultimate point of this parable then is that like, this is why some of the, this is why the religious leaders won't believe in me even when I come back from the dead. Yep. Um, the Pharisees. And really the reason they're struggling with it. And he's, I, I think it's, this is a really powerful thing. I, one of the reasons that they would struggle to see Jesus as God's representative is because Jesus is poor. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fit in their box. Yeah. Um, and so he sort of breaks their little religious box. Um, he has now, no earthly authority. He has uh, nowhere to lay know, his he, head down. He was a nomad. He was traveling with prostitutes and tax collectors and the uh, the unwanted. The so he societally revolutionaries in his crew. The Essenes. Yep. I mean, that's right. Yeah. Explain on. explain what the uh, Essenes are. Well, they're basically. Oh man, now we're getting into the intertestamental. Uh, <laughs> breakdown remember yeah, this was maybe. started uh, this uh <laughs> for our listeners uh, nerdy means lots of different things so um you know uh th- this is uh 
uh, a heavy theology episode, uh, which is a type of nerdy. And um, I will make sure I will try my best to make sure we clarify and explain each of our terms. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if they don't make sense, feel free to like add tweet us and yell at us or something. Yes. Um, by all means. So basically, yeah, the Essenes were so okay. So think of the day the Romans were the prevalent power. They'd come in um, and sort of taken over, right? It was an uh, occupied area. It's, it's it was a part o- of the Roman yep. Empire. So, so Israel, um, which is very different than the Israel now, must be said. Um, Thank you. That's a bad <laughs> Christian theology that we can have a different discussion on a different day. The thing since the late 40s is very different than uh, biblical Israel. Different story. Um, but basically, there were groups that, uh, and actually the religious leaders usually fell into this, Um who were very much comfortable with Rome and very much cozied up. The status Rome. quo. Mm-hmm. And, and used, <clears throat> they would twist their religion basically to support um, sort of who was in power. What? So that they I cannot think power. of any instance where that what? would actually happen. And so they could make, I mean, and then they <laughs> use actually as a way of them making money. Imagine mm-hmm. that and having influence and da, da, da. Um, countless Christians, uh, to be fair. Prosperity gospel is older than the gospel. Holy crap, it is. Um, <laughs> but then there were then there were people who um, were completely like radical revolutionaries who hated um, Rome and uh, who actually like carried out attacks. Um, yeah, now they, they were, were terrorists. Really, they by, were terrorists. By, uh, by, they, uh, a lot of measures. Yeah, no, they totally were. Um, and like a lot of people think like John the Baptist sort of came from that uh, mm. persuasion, as it were. Um, one, of the, one of the disciples was, uh, yes. I can't remember. Yes. Uh, one Which of the disciples one was? was an Essene. Um, was it Bartholomew? Hmm. Oh, I'm blanking on it. I'm, I, 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 have, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't looked. Uh, I'm not going to Google it because that's going to take time. And I want to edit this as little as possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Jesus had revolutionaries within his midst. Yeah, and, uh, that's, and, and he had, and he had bootlickers. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. So he kind of had, and he had the, you know, the guys working for the bootlickers, the tax collectors, they were the scum of the scum of the earth, like to everyone else. Welcome. Yeah. Because, and so that is sort of like, Jesus has this really radically inclusive, and we miss it because we don't always know all the references to the different like groups and to the different cities. But he, he has a radically inclusive uh, oh, yeah. cohort. Like um, it's, it's kind of taken for granted. Like every we as much as I buck against the idea of uh, America as a Christian nation, 70 uh, percent of Americans identify as one sect or another of Christianity. Mm-hmm. So we are still steeped in it so there's a lot of things you kind of just take for granted so the idea that like jesus hung out with the unwanted like it's it's hard to go ahead and state just quite how unwanted the people he hung out with what yeah like, it would be like tax jesus collectors out with jihadists yeah and yeah. Oh, yeah militia and bringing them all together in some crazy ass <laughs> cadre yeah. but you know the 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 I, I've, I've lost the thread entirely of uh, the direction I wanted to go. And because we've just got, as I suspected when we would start talking <laughs> is we just go into fun stuff, uh, fun uh, <laughs> for us, but um, to try and loop back around the, the thing, the point I wanted to get at 
with this initial conversation, which I'm sure we're going to have other episodes to talk about. And I would love to do an Israel episode with you. Like oh my gosh, dude. Israel, old yes. Israel, Palestine. Yes. But the, the, the thing was that we took radically different paths and we ended up with a, uh, a radical ideology on Amer- by American standards mm-hmm. uh, politically. Um, but um, we still are Christian. And this is a... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a, a square not a lot of people can circle. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think about this and I think about how important you are on the front lines of this because it is something that uh, – there was a tweet I saw once and it was uh, – uh, I, I couldn't think of who wrote it. But the point they were trying to make is what I just said. 70% of Americans consider themselves one type of Christian or another. So a leftism – a progressivism, a politics of egalitarianism or justice, uh, devoid or uh, in opposition or hostile to religion of any form, is not one that's going to get a lot of traction in America. Now, that might be pragmatism. That might be saying, look, you got to allow some of the Christians in and to go ahead and talk about their Jesus, and you got to allow, <laughs> you know, the hint. But like, I, th- you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some affinity for Star Trek and the idea of like, all right, everybody's got their own beliefs, respect one another, but we can still fight for justice kind of thing. Right. right. And if you have a theology that says that's impossible, uh, we need to condemn the sinners or ban the, you know, the wretches and everything like that, that, that isn't welcome. It is ideology. It is, uh, something that we need to, um, reconcile. And, there is the thing that I would like any of our listeners to go ahead and take away from this is that your religious beliefs are not in opposition to a welcoming and progressive and uh, focused on justice and egalitarianism ideology. They are not in contrast to one another. There are a lot of thinkers who would say otherwise, um, but I don't agree. I, I I don't agree. I don't think it has to be. If you know, it's uh, almost uh, a trope to go ahead and say at this point. But you know, uh, Christianity was pretty radical at the time. It's uh, radically focused on social justice and the idea of lifting one another up and uh, caring for one another. Uh, you know, the the jokes made today. And it's like, oh look, a Jew on the national stage who's talking about helping one another and healing the sick. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> One, <laughs> no, of the, and, one, of, one of the things I know, um, even some of my more what I would call liberal, so a little bit to the right of us, um, mm-hmm. friends uh, who are also pastors, um, would th- some of them really end up liking um, Mayor Pete. Mm. Um, one of the things that I, there are a couple things I, I, I really appreciate. Um, you know, I think there is something to. Um, I think there is something to, to the representation, right? Having a, having a gay man, um, you know, at least this far along in the conversation, I think that that says something about America, right? When, yeah. when 20 I think it says something ago, about America that it has to be this gay man, that it's basically well, a, yes. an <laughs> uh, empty suit uh, yeah. with hostile <laughs> ideology, but yeah. Uh, it but does say something about it, America. It says something in the same way, in the same way with, uh, with, with president Obama. Right. Um, yeah. or, or even, uh, or even Hillary, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
and 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 they're they're right in some sense, right? That of course we have a we have a culture and a system where they have to, um, you know, they have to cross so many more hurdles even to get there. So maybe maybe all the the extremists get get weeded out, and so it just kind of becomes a moderate parade. Um, yeah. But neither here nor there. No, I, I think it's I think that is that is something to celebrate, um, even if uh, a lot of then what he stands for um, is bullshit. <clears throat> <laughs> there you go. Um, but I think one of the things I also really pre- appreciate about him is how he does talk about his religion. Mm-hmm. Um, how he says uh, very regularly, um, God is not God of one party. Um, yeah. That uh, I think he does a good job in connecting. And, and he has a, I want to say he's an Episcopal, um, but he, he's yeah. deeply committed and active in his, he and his husband are deeply active in their their congregation. Um and, and, and just how they see that informing, um, at least, uh, liberal politics. Um, yeah. and, and I would go a step further and say, say you could, you could extrapolate that out further and make even a better argument, uh, for progressive politics using those same, uh, passages that he pulls out, but I'm not, I'm not here to, to pull on, to pull on Mayor Pete. I just, I just think that's a helpful. That's another episode. Last time you and I spoke live yep. was, uh, the day of your ordination. Yes, sir. And um, I was taken aback by how going to seminary didn't, if anything, going to seminary made you more progressive. Even though everybody we went to school with and everyone we know who went to seminary just got more conservative. In fact, like the seminary both of us were planning on going to when we met was the – the, the one we wanted to go to because the other one's the progressive one. The other one doesn't count. Um, <laughs> like, you know, you will, you go there if you like, I don't know, I want to get to the degree, but you go here if you want to like learn the stuff. Like <laughs> uh, <laughs> team sports. And I, I, I want to talk about Which how... changed, by the way. But that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear how you got here. And, I, and if I may just say... I, I want to hear the story of it, but if I, I, I want to make sure that this gets said. I, I, I think about this, your answer, every time. After uh, you and I went out for drinks after your ordination ceremony, mm-hmm. and we talked a whole bunch, and uh, I, I asked you, I'm just like, I went to grad school. I went. I left the country. I tried to become a professor. I failed. I uh, had to. Uh, I job hunted for nine months. I been poor. I've been homeless. I had to go into an industry that I didn't care for to just mm-hmm. to make a, a living. Um, and I had advantages, don't get me wrong, along the way. Um, my father, knowing IT and able to get me a ramp into that. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, basically being on like the razor's edge as far as mm-hmm. like survival mm-hmm. and everything definitely like contributed to my view of like, oh, it's not your fault when you hit hard times. Everyone our age, millennials, um, mm-hmm. fucking knows what it means to be on hard times. Well, we were coming out of college in the Great Recession, man. Yeah, we. Uh, I won't say when we graduated. Baby. But yeah, uh, it, it's... Uh, so I remember asking you, I'm just like, Manfred, when... How did, how did you go through the tunnel? You went to where we were both planning on going mm-hmm. and a place that was basically guaranteed to make you more conservative. Mm-hmm. How did you end up as progressive as I did with all the shit that I like went through and saw mm-hmm. and that like made me who I am now. Mm-hmm. And I still to this day, remember your answers like, dude, read the book. 
if you read the book, it takes you here. Yeah. If you I'll honestly honor. read it, this is where you come from. This is where you, yeah. this is where you end up. Yeah. I love that answer. And I think of it all the fucking time. Right on, man. So like where, so like extrapolate, expand on it. Where, what happened? What, yeah. what, what kept you? Cause if anything, I think you're probably more progressive than you were when we met. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. It was a raging I, conservative hard on. Yeah. Uh, when we met, um, <laughs> Uh, and, and this is what happens when you're raised by a family who has ties into the federal government, um, Mm -hmm. uh, into military, um, Mm -hmm. when Fox news is watched, um, dear God, when talk radio is listened to, uh, in, in my house, Rush Limbaugh was too liberal. Um, Medal of Honor uh, or Medal of Freedom owner, Rush Limbaugh. We have fucking Olympians and astronauts (laughs) and people who fucking cured diseases. And this fucking guy and his, uh, 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 damn it. Anyways, (laughs) um, yeah, so I kind of came, I came from that. Um, uh, Can I, can I do a 15 second U-turn and then I'll come right back? Sure thing. Um. Uh, so, by the way, just as I was closing out my tab on uh, yeah. the, the Bible reading of Rich Man and yeah. Lazarus, um, the rich man also died and was buried. And where was he buried? Literally, verse 23, in Hades. <laughs> so, Hades is often the word for just the place of the dead, not the place of suffering, hell, torment, or whatever. So, the, yeah, very, the-, the very passage that people were using to talk about hell to you doesn't even refer to hell. Yeah. Just an interesting little side note that I just noticed as I was closing the browser tab. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just, I just thought that was an interesting little, uh, bullet. Is that the, chill? Uh, chill? The, no, the, the place it, of the dead? Be straight Hades because Hades okay. is a Greek word. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. New Testament. Yeah. 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 So she, yeah. Sheol would be the, and Sheol has a wide variety of usages in the old. Anywho. Yeah. All right. Back to, yeah. So, I mean, I came into college, um, you know, I came in pretty, I came in really conservative. Um, I would have considered myself definitely a conservative evangelical. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say um, a lot of our professors probably would have had me leaning towards like libertarianism. Um, That's that, that was an influence on me a lot. That's all I I can. I was more anti-authoritarian, so I I just didn't respect authority very much. And so I definitely listened to right. Yeah. uh, So I, I was just like, Oh, fuck authority i'm a libertarian and i i saw some appealing things there yeah but well, you know, and I, yeah. I came out of a house right so so rush limbaugh medal of freedom winner rush <laughs> rush limbaugh fuck that guy what a what a mashed potatoes um i you know i damn it anyways it just makes me sad like you you could be so much better man yeah anyways, we, uh, we listen to we listen to a guy named michael savage mm-hmm. and i don't know if you've ever heard of him um, but he is just like an out and out, like a vow. Well, I don't know if he'd avow himself as it, um, but he is a straight white nationalist fascist, like not even like tiptoeing around it, like Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson or any of those jack wagons. Like, yeah, I, like, I think he's been on Bill Maher a few times. Oh uh, my God, dude. So I had some of his books from high school. And I was like, you know, in moving all those giant tons of books and I see these things border length, literally. So he'd talk about all time borders, language, culture. That was what he would talk about. So borders, everything needed to be strong border security, 
language, everything needed to be English, culture, mm. everything needed to be Western European culture. It was all white. Whatever that and, means, yeah. And it was kick out, like he literally would talk regularly about kicking out all the brown people and anyone who didn't speak English. And it was just like, holy shit, like I was indoctrinated in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, man. Yeah, got to got to school and started <clears throat> started like I came to I came to faith in Jesus in high school actually, mm-hmm. um, you know. And the nice thing with those uh, hard right guys um, is Christianity fits in real nice because it's it's a cultural thing for them. Um, this yep. is you know Western civilization. Um, yay, yay, Ben Shapiro. Um, yeah, the Orthodox mm-hmm. uh, Jewish man. Yeah, yeah, but he loves the culture piece, right? Um, and so, and, and this is, I I think it's pure insanity, both theologically and politically to sit around and talk about Judeo Christian values, but that's a different, another different story, another different day. Um, so yeah, I came in with that. Um, but then like, so the more, so this is, that was really my formal theological education was really beginning then, you know, I didn't go to Sunday school as a kid. I didn't, you know, it just wasn't my, that, that wasn't my experience. Um, and so Mm -hmm. as I was like learning the stories um, and learning about Jesus and, and hearing him talk about, you know, love and, and caring for one another, you know, um, I was like, oh, well, that's like interesting. Like, um, you know, that's something I should, you know, apply to my personal life, you know, and, and so very much sort of the standard conservative, everything should be, you know, personal charity, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember having a class, we did a class together in ethics. <laughs> um, and we had to do it like a project, we had to propose something and I and and, and this was around the time uh, this was during the the Obama administration, actually. Um, yeah. and there were a lot of conversations going on about healthcare, right? Because this is just, I, you know, that's right, yeah. and all that, right? And I did my project on on the broken healthcare system, and I posited, um, you know, if every Christian, I, I just wanted it was a thought exercise, mm-hmm. um, you know, if every Christian actually tithed. So I looked at how much Christians sort of tithe in America, um, mm-hmm. but if every Christian gave, you know, the the mythical 10%. And if yep. it was the average income a Christian earned, um, how much money would there be? And could it actually cover all of healthcare, all mm-hmm. the healthcare costs? Um, and I was just talking about that from sort of a, you know, I wonder if, you know, this would just be interesting to see if, if God had sort of wired that kind of provision into society, um, yeah. if we we're actually doing our job. Um, and I don't know if you recall, but um, I was like screamed at when I like presented that. Um, I remember. I remember uh, you, 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 you made a lot of people, uh, a lot of people in our friend group angry. That's very angry. Um, that I'd even like suggest something like that. And, and, and what's interesting is usually sort of the conservative move is to claim, oh, well, if it's voluntary or if it's charity or, or whatever, right. uh, Sort of privatize as it were, if you can privatize or nonprofit, you know, the good work that government is doing, it'll be better. That was the number one argument being used on our campus when the uh, ACA was up for uh, debate was the, was that like, oh no, we shouldn't worry. We shouldn't have government in it. Uh, What we really all need to do is dedicate, donate to charity. That'll take care of it. But then once I suggested that once I didn't suggest that, I just said, oh, I wonder if we'd be able to cover it. I wonder if we'd be able to cover the health expenses of, of this nation. And it was like I stabbed a baby goose in the eye and was mocking it as it died slowly why? in front of us. Yeah, why? <laughs> I, I still don't understand why that is. What? What? What is it about an American Christian that necessarily makes them so hesitant towards? Uh, I don't know a, a, a communal system, if you will. Yeah, like, I, I think there's a. 
Um, I've heard some political theorists refer to a thing called package deal ethics. And I Mm -hmm. actually think it's really helpful to explain this. So Mm -hmm. package deal ethics being that if you identify with a certain group, uh, if you identify with a, you know, on a certain issue with one group, if that's a really important issue for you, um, then you will adopt sort of the quote unquote package deal and you will feel um, you know, you'll feel pressure to sort of adopt the rest of their platform. And I think there's some like sociological thing there though. Think about it. Oh yeah. Um, about well, how, Lord like, knows I've, I've considered the same. Right. And you want to belong and you want to, and you want to fit in and you want to adopt the right things to, to, to fit in. And, and so I think, um, in our tradition, Richard, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's a lot of, especially like pro-life, um, yep. basically pro-birth, anti-abortion, um, that becomes sort of the defining issue um, for what a, a uh, American Christian should be. Uh, that's yeah. the orthodoxy, as that's it were. That's the defining Christian yeah. issue, yes. theoretically. Um, and so then it's like, okay, which which uh, party uh, cares about this? Um, I would put cares in air quotes. I, in fact, think that, they're using it as a wedge issue. Um, yep. See the number of years that George W. Bush and Donald John Trump uh, had the House and Senate and presidency and did nothing to defund Planned Parenthood um, yep. as they consistently promised they would. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to ask ourselves why. And I think the answer is obvious because it's really just about power. Um, yeah. Anyways, so if you agree with that, then you go, okay, well, so the Republicans agree with that. And so what are the other things that Republicans um, you know, believe? Um, uh, I'm really, strong national defense, right, immigrants. Right, strong national defense, anti-immigrants, um, you know, we'll, we'll believe what's really interesting, of course, is we believe in uh, civil disobedience and we, I shouldn't say we, cause not you and I, buddy. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Christians will, will talk about how, how they believe we have to follow the law. We have to obey the law. We have to respect authorities, but as soon render as unto to, Caesar, what is Caesar's? Yeah. And so that's used specifically for abortion stuff, but, or, or, you know, for things taxes. like border security, but then, yeah, the way we talk about taxes, the way we talk about, yeah, it's just it's an insane um, it's insane thought system. But yeah, yeah. so actually, uh, evangelical Christians, so conservative uh, Christians in America, are the group most likely to say, for instance, that people are poor uh, because of their own laziness. Like <sighs> really, more than any other? Yes, and that's been like shared. Really? That's in, in uh, apart from every religious group and every economic group and every age. I group, didn't know that. Evangelical oh. Christians are like God I, damn it. I mean, yeah, and it's it's fucking terrible. Um, so we bought into this idea that we, damn it, I keep saying that. <laughs> um, you know, uh, sort of the Christian right has bought well, into. We this. we do straddle a line here. We, we we're both progressives and we're both Christians, and so and, and I don't think we apply right as we've said. Those aren't mutually exclusive, but holy shit, yeah. So some of our brethren in the Christian sphere, a large yeah. portion of them in America, yeah. the right hand kingdom, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, not to put too fine a point on it. Um, so the, uh, yeah, the, um, yeah, the right, I think looks at that and says, um, yeah, that that's, that everything is, is it's, it's about, I think there's a Protestant work ethic piece. I think there's some, there's some uh, uh, history, there's some historical baggage, you know, from the Puritans, um, even though our tradition isn't necessarily, you know, uh, tied into that, that. But, yeah. but, but ours still does have connections back into there. It, 
it does uh, all kind of like glom together, doesn't it? Yeah. It kind of, like, you know, even though, even though the different sects and everything like that, uh, diverge in many, uh, myriad ways, yeah. they do kind of just, um, bump into each other and kind of just t- take little pieces of each other. You know, the, uh, in, in the left sphere, the, the podcast I listen to a lot, uh, Chapo Trap House, they yeah. make a lot of, um, uh, jokes at the expense of Protestants, specifically American Protestants. The like you said, the Protestant work ethic. The Good idea that like, man, let's laugh at us. Oh uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, you know, it, it is. Um, it, it, the joke they constantly make is uh, one they equate it to paganism. It's like you guys are just making shit up now at this point. But the the other joke they make is that like um, the Megan McCain kind of like, well, whatever I want to do, God's going to end up sanctifying anyways. I'm like, uh, okay, cool. Cool. You know, it's kind of the circular logic of just like, well, I believe it and I believe in God. So if he is real, he validates what I believe. Like he's responsible for what I believe and thus it's true kind of thing. That shit is self-defeating. Just again, read the damn book. Like read Romans 6. Like should we just – should we sin more so grace may abound more? No. There's really a hell no there. I mean it's just just perfectly patently insane – um, yeah, that oh god. I, hate I mean, that. to our listeners, and if you've listened to this point, you are comfortable listening to like Christianity theology talk. Um, and the vast majority of my listeners are um, my friends, and so they probably are. <laughs> but um, you know the the idea that like I say this a lot, mileage may vary. Uh, there <laughs> is. If you were on the other side of this, if you got this far, you're okay listening to Christianity or the idea of like it being discussed. But um, if you are on the opposite side of this, if you are not a believer in the faith or anything like that, you see us as insane. And I understand why. I had this conversation before with many a patrons of Scottish pubs. Um, <laughs> the idea that it's like, yeah, I'm sure we seem insane to you. Um Belief is weird and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you, you, you kind of also – you got to take it seriously and not at the same time because um, if you don't, you sound like a zealot yeah. and because it is circular logic. It was like, oh, I believe in this thing. Why? Because of this book. Well, where did this book come from? It was written by this thing I believe in. You know, it, it, it's <laughs> – so yep. from the outside, Christianity is – a mental disorder. I get it. Um, this is why I like stopped trying to convince anybody using apologetics because yeah. th- the reason I was trying to get into apologetics anyway was trying to defend the faith to myself. Mm. And I knew that. I knew that very early on. But mm. like I stopped trying to use it to like convince anybody else. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, we sound like insane people. I get it. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, I am a product of my circumstances, as all of us are. So I, uh, you know, I, I was baptized Catholic. I was raised. Um, in our mutual uh, tradition. Mm-hmm. And I have bounced around since then. Uh, so like, who's to say whether uh, if I were born in India, uh, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't be just a devote like Hindu. Who knows? Right. Uh, probably as a product of my circumstances. I probably mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely would. So like, I can't say for certain. All that to say is that like crazy most days. So I, I yeah. just I own that, you know, like, yeah, you're right. It's, like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and so like That's you know, people uh, usually expect a pastor to say. <laughs> yeah, it, it. I mean, you're honest. You're honest. You're intellectually honest with yourself and spiritually honest with yourself. And I don't think God, whether He exists or not, would necessarily fault us for that. I mean, there's a lot of shit 
There's just a lot of fucking shit. And th- this is uh, th- this was a conversation I had in a pub once where I'm just like, where um, a, a Scottish guy uh, told me, he's like, well, if God exists, then I guess he's a fucking motherfucker. And I'm like, yeah, I can understand why you'd believe that. And he was really surprised by my answer. He was like, really? I'm like, yeah, shit sucks. You know, and, you know, uh, it's, there has to be either a good reason why God isn't making things better or um, he doesn't exist. That's kind of it. Those are the two only answers, basically. So, I had a I had a, a professor who told stories um, about how I think it was like a brother in law or something who who used to just pester him every every time he'd see him. You know, oh, why did God allow this? Why did God allow this? And just for like years, and finally said, "You're right. You know what? You're right. God is a son of a bitch. Now, what are you going to do about it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so like, you know, it's okay. <laughs> when we're, when we're dealing with, so, uh, to our Anyways, listeners, <laughs> no, go ahead. Do, do you clear no, it, it, no to, to our listeners, like, I understand that it's basically a circle jerk. There is, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we believe what we believe and we're trying to like, be honest with you about that. Um, so I understand that basically if you're listening to this and you aren't a Christian, um, which a few of you will probably be. I think I have like 12 listeners. I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, uh, thank you for handling, uh, listening to this so far, but you know, uh, it's, we know that we're a product of what we are and we are in an endeavor to be honest with you where you know that we sound insane. <laughs> that being said, continue with your, uh, 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 road to, uh, <laughs> road to, progressive road to Damascus. Yeah, sure. Right. So, I mean, you know, for me, man, I came out like, I came out of that experience in our ethics class with like, I was kind of like, wow, like we're kind of assholes about our politics. Mm. Um, and that was right around. Yeah. I mean, you know, watching a couple presidential elections, watching people like sort of scream in the, in the, in the streets. Oh um, man. Election day was a nightmare oh, on campus. Fuck. Uh, only, only surpassed for me by the day, um, by the day bin Laden was assassinated and watching people like shoot off fireworks. um, Yeah. Was, I was in Scotland when that happened. That was fucking wild, man. Yeah. Um, Anyways. Um, no, but it just, it just kind of was like, wow. Okay. So maybe this, you know, there's something in, you know, and we were trying to grapple with why, but there's something about sort of conservative Christianity that, leads people to be to be selfish assholes and and what is that and and why is it and and so for me that kind of like shook my that shook my political yeah it shook my political faith yeah um and so for me i was like okay what i'm gonna do is become a pragmatist Mm -hmm. um i want to ask the question what is going to bring i mean this is almost a like a utilitarian kind of thing what's Mm going to bring the the most results for the most people like what's, what's going to be, I, I, I know that Jesus calls me to love my neighbor. What's something that I can advocate for that will best love my neighbor. Um, and so starting to like think through some issues, uh, at the same time, taking some classes eventually, uh, in the seminary reading, especially like the prophets, the old mm-hmm. Testament prophets are, are quite the read. Um, and they start grappling with, um, they start grappling with, uh, really economic inequality um, and how angry God is at that. They start grappling with, um, yeah, how 
how how unjust that is um, over and over and over again. God God talks about how His reign is is based on justice and and righteousness. And righteousness is sort of this uh, um, sort of faithful religious living, but then justice is this uh, conditions to to live well with one another. And it talks about over and over and over again. The scriptures talk about concern for the the widow and the orphan and the poor and the sojourner. The sojourner basically is immigrant, uh, the foreigner, refugee. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Israel. Remember, you were once uh, sojourners out of Egypt. Um, be kind to the refugees among you, basically. Yeah. Um, it, it, talking about, yeah, poor, the, the, the sick. Um, and of course, you see that all, all come to fruition, all come to be magnified in, in Jesus, uh, where he, he claims the, the mantle of, of uh, where Isaiah talks about that. Um, you know, I'm going to come to heal the blind and proclaim good news to the poor and, and, and the release of the prisoners and the healing of the sick. And Jesus says, and like, I am the fulfillment of this. The, 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 the fulfillment of the scripture is here today. It's me, um, Jesus is saying, right? Like, so like these are things that are very important to God. Um, you know, not just that the faith is proclaimed, not just that people believe, um, but that, that these good things actually happen in society. And as, as, as I studied the prophets, realizing, holy shit, like God's not just judging individuals based on this. Like he's judging entire nations. Um, hmm. that, that God is actually judging uh, nations based on whether or not they are upholding justice in their land. It is interesting. I hadn't thought about nationality uh, yeah. in in that regard. I mean, the the Old Testament deals a lot with the nation state of Israel or the, yes. the kingdom is Israel, uh, and you know uh, it. it a problem for a lot of people, myself included, is uh, where he seems to prefer one nation state to the other, but like oh, yeah. he, there, there is kind of uniform judgment uh, uh, averaging out on that. Uh, <clears throat> that's, you know, well, as an American, as, yeah. as an American in 2020, that doesn't necessarily fill one with a lot of uh, hope. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And, and, and so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say, you know, uh, I don't want to be on the, you know, gays cause 9-11 uh, train, you know, because that's <laughs> complete, utter horseshit, theological yeah. horseshit. Um, you know, but, but there is something, yeah, there is this real streak in the old Testament and this kind of opened my eyes to this, like God isn't just dealing with individuals. And I think the conservative Christian viewpoint says, no, God just deals with individuals just about private faith. Right. And then is that, is that an American thing? Is it because we're very individualistic and so yeah, our, definitely it, um, uh, conservative Christianity, I mean, you know, it, it, it's been said before, but like they don't worship God so much as they do America and they view oh, God wow. as yeah, basically nationalism America. is different. Oh man. And you're like, you're, you're getting me think about all sorts of rabbit, rabbit trails. I want to go down, uh, including <laughs> talking about, yeah, what was actually the call of Israel in the old Testament? You know, what does it yeah. mean when God prefers them? What is he preferring them for? Um, holy hell, man, that, mm, mm, mm. we'll say, um, we'll put a pin in that for we'll another put a episode. Pin in that. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta like take notes afterwards, man, about like, yeah. what, what, what are all these different talks we gotta hit? Um, <laughs> but, um, it just, I want to hear about like, your journey. Yes. So I, for me, that was a real, that was a real eye opener of, oh my God, God actually cares about what we do societally. Like he actually gives a rip if we're doing justice, not just as the church, not just as individual Christians, not but just as left hand kingdom. Yeah, um, as as entire societies, that this is something we um, 
that this is something we stand for and it pisses God off when we don't. Hmm. Um, and, and, and so, you know, for me, that was like, oh shit. Then like, we actually have to care about what government does. Um, and so just for me, it was a lot of looking Richard at like, okay, healthcare is a big issue. So what is something healthcare that could be done that could bring, um, that, that could like love the neighbor and uphold justice and look out for the sick and the poor, uh, the best. Mm. Um, and then it started being like, oh shit, there's some other nations that actually get this right. Oh shit. We're like way down in the rankings of everything from, you know, uh, financial ruin, infant mortality, infant mortality, uh, medical uh, debt, medical debt, um, deaths to, uh, women of color in childbirth, um, to, uh, avoidable deaths to, to, uh, just in every fricking metric, um, to costs spent per capita. My God, what are we two and change times higher than the next nation? Uh, Um, pretty much. Yeah. You know, our life expectancies dropping, um, we're the first generation, Richard, that um, is expected to live less than their parents um, mm-hmm. here in America. Um, I mean, just just absolutely crazy. And so it was like looking for me and then realizing, holy shit, there's some other nations where they're like really happy with this. And like that started to that started to that theme as I started pulling at it more, like started to come through in everything from like work conditions, um, you know, the amount of vacation days, holiday, as they'd say. Uh, in Europa, right? Yep. Um, the amount of uh, mandatory um, maternal Time and off. paternal leave. Yeah, um, parental leave. Yeah. The amount of mandatory sick hours. Um, the way unions are supported. Um, well, the, 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 the thing that I, I always found really interesting was that like from a theological standpoint or from a conservative theological standpoint, we were taught that life is hell. Um, but only through God does it get better. But, you know, something that really opened my eyes was when I was acro- uh, uh, across the pond was uh, that like, oh, it doesn't have to be that bad. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like we can we've s- actually chosen a system nowadays that causes more suffering. Yeah. Uh, and we can actually choose a different system. We can actually choose a system uh, that prioritizes people instead of profits for an oil company. We can actually yep. choose a system that brings more people in and not just rich people in uh, to have voice to things. Um, we could actually choose a system where people didn't needlessly die because they had medication. I literally had a conversation on Twitter the other day with someone who said um, in response to, sorry, we're fighting for a system you know, so less people can die. So tens of thousands, was it 69,000 needlessly die or something because of medical debt that, that yeah. would be suddenly alive because of Medicare for all? And, and he said uh, his response was, well, you know, I wish everyone had access to nice cars and tennis clubs. And I'm like, oh, fucking fuck? shit. Like, how, how, like we, we have decided on a system, right, where we think um, we think – uh, the kind of healthcare you receive is equal to which country nice club car. you belong to yeah. and what what Jaguar you drive. Like, oh, fucking that is shit. Fucking horse shit, right? Well, like, uh, you know, everybody fucking needs health insurance. Like, everybody needs it. Um, yeah. Anyways. Well, um, I, what we need is health care. Health insurance is an well, unnecessary yes, middle step. No, absolutely. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yes. That, that was a little bit of sloppy verbiage. Absolutely. We <laughs> all need health care. Um, 
because fucking I have health insurance and I still get raked over the coals. Um, yep. And I have good health insurance and I can only imagine. Uh, and I have a decent job and my wife has a decent job. And like, I can only imagine if we did. Anyways. So as I was processing like that and processing sort of a pragmatism um, and sort of looking and, and, and studying, you know, for me, another big point was studying sort of the history of um, what's, you know, I, w- I was sold out for like trickle down economics mm-hmm. and sort of learning, holy shit, what's what's gone up and what's stayed the same, yeah. you know, and how living weight, you know, uh, how sort of wages have have really decreased. Right. Um, uh, they've stayed stagnant while his productivity stagnant, has gone which up. means they've decreased. Yeah. Um, because right? of inflation, because yeah. of inflation. And whereas what compensation has gone up and, mm-hmm. and you look at things like stock buybacks and you look at things like. I don't know. And so just starting to realize like, holy shit, we have chosen a system and I have advocated for a system as a conservative Christian that, that really works, you know, not to, not to sound like, uh, not to sound like Bernie too much, but really works really well for the 1% um, <laughs> and really is shit for the rest of us. Um, and, and that's everything, um, from climate, um, you know, the, the motherfuckers that can, that can hire private jets. I mean, you know, God bless them, you know, so they don't have to get coronavirus, but, uh, <laughs> you know, wait till the fucking plagues really explode as all the scientists tell us they will. Um, yeah. you know, I, it just, it's just, just like on every, on every level, on every issue, just sort of realizing that. And then I had a class, um, at the end of seminary that forced me to actually see, and this was kind of like the dam breaking for me. Um, we studied like redlining Hmm. and we studied, uh, the effects of racism in the church and we studied, um, you know, just some of those things and just realizing, holy, like, I think that's when like privilege finally clicked for me. Yeah. Um, and I came from a poor family, but a poor family who happened to be white at the right time. And so was able to get the right, like my grandma's family literally fled a genocide in, in the Mediterranean in mm-hmm. the early 1900s. <laughs> and they were able to come in even though they didn't have any money, even though they didn't speak English because of the time they came in and the color of their skin when they came yep. in. Um, they were able to get jobs with less than a high school education with the federal government that get, gave great pensions, um, great retirement. And I'm so thankful for that. And they, they worked hard, but man, they had all these opportunities that even though just down the street, there were people of other color that didn't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, I look, I was thinking about my life and like, holy shit, like, um, you know, there was, there was abuse in my family and, and divorce. And like, if it weren't for my grandparents, like we would have been in shelters, mm-hmm. um, and realizing like, my God, like there are people who, you know, in studying like redlining and in, in studying some of these things, like, wow, like we have, like, I have those advantages that other people like that still affects them today. I think that's another one of the conservative lies. Oh, that's yeah. back then. It doesn't, it doesn't it's, have any impact. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, and you start studying and start learning like, what is it? 60, 70% of all wealth is inherited. Um, oh yeah, at least. And, and, and that's, and, and that doesn't even account for the area you get to grow up in, the schools you get to go to. Yeah. Um, the, the, the enrichment activities. So I don't know, it all just sort of coalesced. And, and then I went to my first congregation, Mm. um, and I heard people saying, we don't want those people in our congregation. Uh, And I, I felt myself getting like angry at that. And then 
hearing them just hearing just like racism just be normal and hearing bigotry be normal and anti-poor people just being normal and and the more and more i studied the scriptures the more and more i was like this is not who we are to be this is not at all and so it just kind of all and so it's actually my sister who turned me on to bernie um really to get us to bernie yeah um she (coughs) she and my mom were uh spent a lot of time like watching like late night shows and i think you've been on um I think you've been on Cole Bear a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the lead up to, you know, 16. Yeah. Um, and she's like, dude, you got to like listen to this guy. He's like talking about some of the same things you've been talking about. Um, and I hadn't heard of him before that. Cause again, I, I sort of wasn't, I hadn't landed on anything, but I was like, I it was starting to like move in this direction. This is an issue and this needs to be dealt with. This is an issue. This, and I started like watching stuff of his and I was like, holy shit. Like, and so it just has all started, you know, since then just started clicking. Um, wow, this is what I believe. This is where I belong. This makes sense. This is actually, in my faith, like the best way to love my neighbor is to advocate for this system. Is to not let them die. Is to not let them die. Is to advocate <laughs> for flourishing. Is to advocate for for opportunities for education that I only had because of uh, Pell Grants and wonderful loan rates and yeah. my grandparents' support to advocate for... Um, you know, basic uh, health care uh, for people that I'm able to provide for myself right now because nothing major has happened, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, you know, could easily change in, you know, in, in a hot second. Uh, it's a precarious for, time. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I've i started, um, I visited uh, Hawaii and uh, did a little snorkeling and, and uh, did like a discovery dive. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and just looking at the beauty of the world uh, under the sea and, and then starting as I've like followed, what's really interesting about the scuba community is it's a very um, environmentally aware group. And looking at people sharing pictures and videos from decades ago of some of the places like I've been mm-hmm. and realizing, holy shit, like without even thinking about the environmental damage, just the environmental enjoyment, the recreational enjoyment and how much less there is now than there was and how much less there will be for my kids and grandkids if, if, if I have those. Um, Holy mackerel. Um, you well, know, it, it, it really is systemic. You know, yeah. one thing kind of all connects to the other. That's kind of the thing that – and it, it sounds like it was very much for you. Is like the dam bursting. It, it, yeah. it clicked. You know, uh, I, I, I wouldn't have necessarily considered myself a leftist until two, two key things really did well, – three if we're counting um, – being overseas and looking at things from a different perspective, mm-hmm. but also, um, yeah, racial inequality with the Trayvon Mar- Martin mm-hmm. murder. Yeah. And then um, uh, gender inequality with the Isla Vista shooting in our home state. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, the, all those things kind oh, of uh, clicked yeah. for me where I'm just like, oh, everything connects. It's a, a very Christian way of looking at things of just like all of it, you know. Uh, it, it, it encompasses the other. Everything kind of affects yes. one another. Yes, it's a systemic way of thinking of things, and, and that it, is it's, very it's much all interlocked. It's all interlocked. Uh, Dr. King talked this way. Uh, yeah, it's all interlocking evils. To keep talking about the journey, um, <laughs> like the Sermon on the Mount ruined me, dude. Matthew five to seven, um, Jesus' sermon on blessed are the meek and the peacemaker and the mourning. Um, blessed are you know, you, when you, um, you know, love others and and not just love others, but love even those who hate you and turn the other cheek 
and, and, and he calls us to be salt and light. And what does being salt and light mean? And he unpacks that and it's caring for the poor. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really an unbelievable uh, stretch. And it's so the opposite of take up your own rights and fight back. And I, I would probably skim towards, I, I, I'm, I'm on the razor's edge someday of being a pacifist um, mm-hmm. as a Christian. Um, you know, partly you think because of this, um, but but certainly I, th- I think there's a lot of value in nonviolent resistance at the very least. Yeah. Say um, honestly, I, I I with time I I don't know I struggle with that. I, I've had yeah. many a conversations where I'm just like I don't know. Uh, nothing really. History has said that like no real good lurch forward in progress doesn't come without a fucking riot or uh yeah i know well yeah and there's violence and i think there's a difference i think and this is another i think conservative and progressive difference i think there's a difference between like a riot and looting and like a fucking massacre yeah Um, you know i look at like you look at the race massacres in the early 1900s oh in america um and and those are all perpetrated in one direction from white to people of color Mm -hmm. um Whereas, you know, when you have riots, um, these kinds of things are almost never against people. As Dr. King said, it's the language of the unheard. It's the language of the unheard. Exactly. And I, I, so I, I feel a lot less angry about that than, huh, certainly than I once did. Um, yeah. Why are you blocking my freeways? Come on, assholes. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 That's been a lot of growing up to do there. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where, like, then for me, like that empathy or hopefulness like comes in mm-hmm. like that things can be better. And, and I truly believe that. Um, and I think this is also a divergence like, and as I've learned more of the scriptures, um, I see that God cares not just about the eternal God cares about right now. It's not just about escaping here. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, 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 the focus on heaven, the, you know, the, oh, the, the Christians, man. A lot of American Christians can very much be like, "Well, I'm saved," so they, they're, they, you know, the they, yeah, they yeah. love to go ahead and like compare themselves favorably to like you know suicide bombers or something like that. But yes. I'm like, you guys basically have suicide bo- like vests on. Like you're just like, we don't need healthcare. I'm saved. <laughs> just <it's- laughs> well, and it and it and the way it comes out, and the way I've seen it come out in congregations is they just say like, all we need to do is tell them about Jesus and uh, to hell with whether they need food or not. Um, and it's like, no, guys, God actually cares about that, too. Um, what's also really interesting is if, if, you, can, if you actually dig into um, a lot of, let's say, classical conservative theologians, um, they actually start radical things like in their community, in their government, uh, things like community chests where they would give money to the poor and community feeding where they would feed the poor. And, you know, and they, and they would work for health care for all people, you know, as best as they could in those times. Um, you know, it's kind of amazing that, that some of these things were part of uh, our Christian history um, because we understood like that actually government is a gift of God uh, or at least, you know, can be when it's done well. Uh, it is a gift of God and it just, you know, can sometimes turn to shit just like all the other gifts that can turn to shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, uh, that, that those I don't know, man. I I I keep thinking of all these different things that really changed me as I started encountering some of those, um, you know, some of those beliefs. It, it's pretty wild, but yeah, I, I, you know, for me that was that was like why I got into the pastorate. Um, 
was to be able to, okay, like based on my faith, motivate others of faith to live out that faith so that neighbors might be loved so that, you know, justice might be seen here. Hmm. Um, because I think that's a reflection of, of who, who God is. Anyways. It's, uh, it, it, I, I agree with you. It is the, I believe the best distillation of what the faith should be, but you know, it's, it's faith. It's religion. I believe there are as many religions as there are people on this planet. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't believe my, you know, it, for as much as we might agree, I believe we have fundamentally uh, different religions mm. if, if you come down to it. So it's, so I can't necessarily convince somebody <laughs> I could try and change some of their uh, worst beliefs mm. um, hopefully, but it's um, you know uh, the thing that binds us together is um, our original document uh, scriptures. But beyond that, it's uh, who yeah, your if pastor dealing, was. If you're dealing within the Christian, yeah, certainly within the Christian ethos, which yeah, is a shrinking. I want to say you said seventy some. I think we're down into the mid sixties now. I um, mean, it, it, <laughs> it's uh, uh, the thing that, I, and I remember this and bemoaning it when I was in school was, uh, it's like, oh, you know, the shrinking group of people who uh, go to church. I haven't been to church in a very long time. Mm. I still consider myself a, a believer mm -hmm. in some odd sense. I, like I said, uh, I, I don't think I'd be able to find a church that necessarily mm. um, preaches what I believe. And if I already believe it, then why do I necessarily need somebody to mm. reaffirm it? My, mm -hmm. the, the things that reaffirm my faith, which is um, focused a lot on, earthly concerns and mm. justice and egalitarianism and about mm. doing what we can for our neighbor. Um, I don't know that at a certain point, what will be, will be, uh, especially with regards to eternal matters. Uh, mm. It's, this is the thing that I, this is, this is what always, I don't know, bothered me or um, made me different in a lot mm -hmm. of my circles mm -hmm. was that um, I didn't, I didn't find my faith to necessarily be reassuring the idea that it's like, mm. Oh God will protect you. I'm mm. um, just like, well, um, there's a lot of people in the Bible who died horrible deaths. And, um, <laughs> no shit. According to the Bible, it's, uh, because, uh, God wanted that to be like, you know, it, 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 oh, man. if you believe in the all powerful, all knowing God, then it's kind of just, Oh God. Well, dealing, yeah. Dealing with the, the sovereignty question and, uh, yeah, he's oh, going to do what he's going to do. <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. He's gonna do what he's gonna do, regardless of what I have to say in it. Yeah, so like, God's a son of a bitch. What are you gonna do about it? Kind of thing. Like my professor yeah. said. Yeah. It, I, I, you know, so that's that's always been in the back of my brain. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, I never found I, I, faith to be reassuring. Yeah, <laughs> to me, and and what's interesting, you know, I still feel like I'm fairly young in my faith. Um, you know, I've, I've had just as much time in my life where I haven't had faith as, as that I have had it. Um, they're, they're, they're about equal now. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so shortly it'll be more time with faith, but like, I've just now gotten to the part where I'm disturbed. <laughs> yeah. Um, like that's, that, that's a relatively new thing for me. And, and some of that's like life circumstances. Some of that's, you know, personal tragedies. Uh, some mm -hmm. of that's watching people with the name Christian. Uh, watching Ugh. people with the same denomination, watching people from my own congregation uh, do terrible things, stand for terrible things, speak for terrible things. Um, you know, the amount of times I hear people extol 
uh, some shitty thing our president has done as if it's mm-hmm. the godly choice. Um, oh, God, you know, and those kind of things like make me like, I feel like, honestly, I feel isolated a lot. Um, and there I are a lot imagine. of times, there are a lot of times, um, where if I wasn't paid to be there, I don't think I would go. <laughs> like, I understand you, that. You've said that to um, me before. And yeah. It's still, it's, I had a it, professor, it, I had a professor at seminary who said that, he said I became really? a pastor because, yep, I became a pastor so that, cause he said, otherwise I knew I wouldn't show up unless I was paid to. <laughs> And he's like, I knew I needed it. Um, and there's, and the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, there's like a part of that for me too. Um, yeah, but I, I completely like understand, like not feeling like there's a community that fits you. Mm -hmm. Um, that is something, honestly, that's one of the reasons I'm wrestling with my, uh, avocation right now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, there's, there, there's certainly good and people that I can, I think of it like organizing in a lot of ways. I'm organizing people to do justice work, whether or not they're on board with <laughs> the wider concept of social justice. Um, yeah. and, and I'm able to do that because I'm speaking to them as a pastor. Um, well, in a lot of ways, the, the, the value you have towards the movement are the things that I did not feel strong enough to hold. I, I felt as though wearing the collar would have locked me into a set idea of yeah. beliefs. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, you reach a lot of people because of that collar. Mm. You reach a lot of people. You who otherwise have an wouldn't authority. listen. To me. Yeah. You know, we we it's ironic. We are we are two sides of a bridge uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. You reach people on one side and I can talk to people on the other. You know, th- there's a lot of times where people, um, I- I'll surprise people with like my theological like upbringing or something like that. And they're like, oh shit, you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so when I, I talk to a homophobe or something like that, it's like the Bible asks you to be homophobic. I'm like, it does not oh, say fuck. that. Okay. So, so Dr. King, right? Another Dr. King mm-hmm. quote. Uh, and I saw this today from the King Center. Uh, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. Oh. I'm always haunted by the specter of his letter from Birmingham jail to the, you know, about the white moderates. The white moderate, yeah. You know, and like that is something that haunts me, brother. Like, because there are you certain. Know. So I have changed my stance on, um, you know, on LGBT. Uh, mm-hmm. issues, you know, on the morality of that, you know, I, I, I consider myself affirming, but I, I also have to recognize like in some ways, you know, I can't be open about that in my current yeah. position. Um, because I, your calling demands yeah. in, in this church yes. asks you to, I'm pro-choice. Withhold. Uh, yeah. That is not orthodoxy. Um, you know, um, I, <clears throat> I, I got called a what was the phrase? A, um, a genocidal, uh, a genocidal maniac uh, for not allowing us to have a, uh, a table of literature about, um, you know, why abortion is evil, um, on, on what they call life Sunday. Um, and we didn't celebrate life Sunday. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and, and I was able for life stuff and everything like that. That's massively. Yes. Oh yes. Involved in, um, our tradition and everything. Yes. Well, and, and with a lot of other conservative, you know, it's a, it's a, that's pretty active conservative Christian 
uh, activity. Um, I mean, we he, we have uh, classmates of ours that attend uh, the March for Life uh, oh, frequently. Yeah. I see oh, them on yeah. Facebook. Uh huh. Well, and and they talk about you know I was talking with a guy last night you know who also on on healthcare and he was talking about well you liberals love to kill babies and then in the next sentence he's talking about you know we should bomb all the Muslims and and uh, you know all this and it's like wait a second you're saying like you know all what anyways it's an insane <laughs> ethic um, you know to be so so pick and choose about these kinds of things um, but I man like it it's interesting, like to some ways. So what I try to do is when, when some of those topics come up, I just ask questions. I just yeah. try to ask questions. And I think some people uh, are upset that then I don't give answers, hmm. um, but I'm not going to give them answers. Um, not publicly. We'll just respond in the Socratic method. Just answer it, questions just, with questions. Just ask questions. And the amazing thing is like uh, when life begins is actually not as clear as they think it is. Yeah. Um, what reduces abortions isn't actually what they think reduces abortions, by yeah. the way. Um, right. That, that's things like uh, birth control, sex ed, uh, health care for women and children, maternal leave, child care, uh, education paid for. I mean, what is it? Uh, over 30 percent housing uh, guarantee, like over a third of women say economic reasons or uh, a reason why they seek an abortion. Like, yep. I, I have this conversation with Ken all the time and Ken's just like, look, the argument about abortion is superfluous because at the end of the day, we all, um, it, it, and I'm going to butcher it. So forgive me, Ken. Um, but at the end of the day, we're arguing for around the margins. Neither of us, neither side necessarily wants to see abortions happen. The thing is that you, you want to create a world in which they, they don't. Regardless of whether you believe it's like death or just a, a, a medical procedure, it is. Uh, it can be a painful emotional process, even if you have beliefs about, um, even if you don't think it's a, a, a fully human child at that point. Yeah. And, and he's like, the, at the end of the day, we're all fighting for a world in which, uh, let's say, uh, you do not get pregnant unless you want to. Like, that is. That's the goal, and that will basically render this whole thing moot. So, and, and in those instances, still, it will be like um, oh, when the life of the mother uh, is in danger, or uh, you know, right. it, 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 but basically, like an understanding of the world and the circumstances and the the, the things that cause that just lend themselves to a progressive outlook. That's yeah. what changed my mind, honestly. Honestly, yeah. abortion was one of the things really? that like I had the longest yeah. time having yeah. to take because I was. My theology or my uh, ideology has always been better safe than sorry. Mm. So um, better, just, to, well, better to err on the side of caution that it's a that it's a a, a child. Yeah, we don't want to your own little like Pascal's wager kind of right, thinking. Right, just right, like right. well, if it is, um, but you know it, that I I've had this conversation with my girlfriend where it's uh, you know. Uh, easy for me to say as a man. And that was ultimately mm -hmm. what convinced me. I was like, well, any situation in which two participants can go ahead and do something and the other one can fuck off to another state and never be heard from or have to worry about it again responsibility. Is, it, it, it is something that I, I can't support. So, well, and this is one of the places, honestly, that like silences complicity, like gets me mm. is on abortion. Um, also on like LGBT issues. Yeah. Um, and I look about all the pain that is caused by religion. Yeah. Um, all the pain that is caused when people are driven out of their homes. 
Mm -hmm. um, because they got pregnant and so they have an abortion so they don't have to get driven out of their homes and then they get driven out of their homes because they found out they had an abortion or if they come out um and 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 how like man those things like increase suicides and they increase you know all all that happens when you it's systemic uh, yeah when you when it all lends to one another yep and when you make pregnancies illegal all that happens is that rich people can pay to go get them done and not be discovered and poor people uh, do horrific things that end up killing or maiming women. Yeah. Um, which is why Roe v. Wade happened because there was such a, um, there was such a proliferation of women yeah. who were getting so horribly maimed, disfigured, sterilized, dead. Um, you know, that we were saying, man, we have to do something about this. Um, mm-hmm. There's gotta be a safe, medical way. One of the turning points for me, um, was a couple years back, uh, a friend of mine, um, and his wife were pregnant with their, um, pregnant with a child. Um, and it, uh, they went in for, you know, a checkup along the way and, uh, there was no heartbeat. Um, and to carry it to term, um, would have, uh, seriously endangered her life. Yeah. Um, she, who is a wife and mother, um, and of mm-hmm. course has value in herself, even if she wasn't a wife and mother. Nice. Nice. said, but I mean, like you think about just multiplying the horror of this, right? If she yeah. dies, right. Then now you're leaving a, a, a widower and an orphan um, or a motherless child. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can have the, the, the fetus who is dead. It's dead. Uh, you can have that removed. Yeah. Um, and they, they had it removed, but it's considered an abortion. Really? It is, yes. And it's keyed that way. And because he's a pastor, their insurance didn't cover it. Um, and they really? certainly can't tell their church. Yep. Jeez. So I believe their church thinks they just had a stillbirth um, because they can't say. And so it's really interesting. Whenever people talk about late-term abortions, that's at, in my reading now, since that happened to, to, to my friend, that's the majority of late-term abortions are things like that. Yeah, they're medical no, emergencies. They're medical emergencies. And, and, and we shame these people into thinking we shame the women that have to go through this. Yeah. And, 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 and we cut them off from the place that should be supportive and healing and, and prayerful and come around them. And, and, and because we've made it such an orthodoxy, you know, uh, for many of those people, their pastors wouldn't come and sit with them. They wouldn't be allowed back in their churches. Their families would disavow them. You know, I I think of the horror of that, like having in to a make place this... where there should be nothing but love and respect and kindness. All you see and, is cruelty and empathy towards the sorrow and the disappointment and the pain. My God, the pain that they went through. I mean, the pain she she went through, the physical pain, the emotional pain. The I mean, that the things that hormones do. Uh, in, yeah. in the middle of a pregnancy and for it to be terminated and not come to term. And then of course, just the, the having to bury now your, 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 your daughter and oh my God, like, and, and to be sitting around and worrying about if you're going to be found out and run out, Jesus. you know, and yeah, Jesus, indeed. I <laughs> you know, honestly, Richard, this is one of the things I, I feel complicit. Like I feel complicit well, like that. I can't, I, I, oh. I understand. Oh. I understand your feelings, oh. but I, 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 I'm going to, we, we've been going for a bit and I'm to, to, to wrap up, <laughs> to, to put bookends on this. I, I, I want to say that you are doing work that nobody in the world is more qualified to do. Oh, 
you, I understand the complicity and uh, I, I feel complicit in my own actions with regards to being an American or being a white guy. And mm. like, you know, that there, there are things we are called upon to do with our privilege, but you in unfortunate terms are behind enemy lines. You have to live by a different set of rules and you are doing the good work, the work that you are, that both of us believe needs to be done. And I, I am thankful every day that you are where you are doing the work that needs to be done. Cause they're, they're, they ain't going to listen to me. They ain't going to listen to the long haired fuck from Southern California <laughs> who has like positive opinions about Castro, <laughs> but pastor Manfred. Yeah. He, he's got a voice I can listen to. He has a pedigree and an experience and an authority that Richard doom doesn't. And I remain to this day in awe of the work you do. And I believe it is one of the most important jobs that needs to be done. And only you can do it. I, I, I don't mean to pressure you into doing it. And I understand you, <laughs> you know, uh, considering your options and everything like that. But regardless of where you land and where you end up, I believe that you do the work that needs to be done. And you will do the work that needs to be done. Thanks, man. Really of course, of course, anytime. Manfred DeVox, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for sharing uh, your journey with us in, uh, you know, uh, showing us how it is that, you know, read the book. Damn it. Uh, it it, it, it can get you I here. my people, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, can, uh, can my listeners, uh, find you anywhere? Is there anything you want to plug or anything? Yeah, man. Um, I'm, uh, I'm new on, uh, I'm new on Twitter. Um, so, uh, hit me at, uh, hit me on Twitter at Devox Rev. That would be, uh, the little at guy D V O X R E V. So I'll, uh, show up. You'll see an angry fist of revolution. <laughs> um, and right now I'm pretty much just a Bernie Stan, but, uh, I, I try to share some good things and try to have some good conversations, but would, uh, would love to love to chat with you guys on there. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us and, uh, heroes. I will talk to you next time. Bye everyone. <laughs>